for like in mean, business, life in general. It, it kind of was like a sped up course of understanding my mind and emotions and feelings and keep everything calm, cool, and collected. Because you kind of almost have to become like a golfer, if you will. Like the mindset you can't have a golfer just running around super like. They just have to be smooth, concise. Like it's, it's that kind of approach. Hey, I'm Gianna Cambria, and this is the Upper Hand Podcast, where we go deep into the minds of athletes and fitness pros turned entrepreneurs to show you how to translate your competitive edge on the field and in the gym to gain the upper hand in your business. Welcome back to another episode of the Upper Hand Podcast. Gianna here, and today I'm with Taylor Semenk. Um, now, Taylor has a pretty cool track record in career. Um, he's a former NFL kicker for the Vikings and the New York Giants. Uh, I think I even heard that you played with Patrick Mahomes back at Texas Tech. So excited to hear a little I bit did. about that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, but now he's uh, he's got his coaching business now where he's helping athletes achieve the highest version of themselves on and off the field, turning pro in life after sports. So we'll definitely unpack his journey from athlete to entrepreneur now and into the online space and um, what he's doing with his coaching business there, but lots to dive into today. So without further ado, Taylor, go ahead and say, Hey, and we'll jump right in. How's it going? It's a pleasure. Thank you again for having me on. Um, I look forward to it and it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So Taylor, what's one thing that not a lot of people know about you? Man, um, not a lot of people know. I tried to, because this is, it's funny you ask this question, because usually people would ask this question probably about when I was about three or four years ago, because I'm a very close, like tight group of friends, like tight, I have a very close circle. Um, and then as a three years ago, someone drops on me and I was like, why does not all of my audience, right? People know more about me. So I've been trying to like, say more and more about like what I do, how I do things, a lot of different things like that. Um, so now hopefully everybody knows most of the things, but I would say for the most part is as cliche as it may sound is I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm not OCD, but I'm very organized. Um, like to an nth degree where I have all my calendars, like six of them, different things that I'm doing all in one and they're all like time blocked out. And I do that all the time. And I even uh, schedule like family time. So like, I just, I'm super organized. Uh, it's probably something I never talk about necessarily, yeah. but it's something. Yeah, I love that. And I'm sure that's something that we can dive into a little bit later here, because I'm sure that has played a, a huge role in what you do now, um, especially yeah. as an athlete, but even more so now. So cool. Thanks for that. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Let's start from, you know, how did you even get into football in the first place? And how did you end up at Texas Tech and all of that? Yeah, no, so football itself, I've grown up, thankfully, as a huge blessing to where my family, my grandfather was actually a strength coach for the Cowboys back in the day with Tom Landry and had a long career. They won two Super Bowls. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame for coaches. And so, like, I had the, like, the legacy of football. Like, he played a little bit, but then he went to the coaching route mainly. Um, and then my dad had a couple of tryouts with I think, the Seahawks um, and things like that. So it was football was around. Um, and that was kind of always the thing we did. At least we worked out for something. And I used to train my grandfather all the time. And it was just kind of like one of those things where I was so thankful for. And so I just kind of fell into it, honestly. Um, I didn't, my, was a seventh grade. I was like, I talked to my mom about this a couple of weeks back. And she was talking about like, I remember when you just wanted to quit football in seventh grade, you just didn't like it and all this kind of stuff. And then like now looking back, I'm like, what was I, you know, looking what I've been able to do. It was just like, it's crazy how like things changed all of a sudden. And it was because I was small and I was so underweight. And I was just like, I was like that small, tiny kid that was always getting, you know. So it's just like, it wasn't fun at the time. Then you start growing, you kind of fall into things. But football itself has kind of been the thing that's always, it's been the thing that's grounded me, I think, as far as what was the easiest thing from keeping me out of trouble, kept me busy. Um, I was always playing multiple sports growing up, but it allowed me to like, I had something to work for. And I had not only permission from my grandfather, who was a Super Bowl coach, who had seen the best athletes in the world, like training means like, hey, like you can do this, all this kind of stuff. It gave me this natural belief system to where I wanted to make him proud growing up because that's who I was trying to quote unquote impress in 15, 20 years when I got to that point anyway. And he, this was America's team, like that time frame. So it was just like, these were like the guys, like if someone, I said my grandfather's name, they would know who he was. So I had a lot of respect from growing up. And so it's like, okay, like I want to not only make him proud, but my family proud. And I knew the, where, where football was going, it was providing a way to get my family 
to a place where I wanted it to be and financially and all this kind of stuff as well. Um, and it was just, that's kind of how it all started. And then we'll probably kind of dig deep into how that all transitioned because the story is kind of all over the place. As a kid, I was like, sure. I want to go to the NFL. Um, and I'll share this whole story real quick as far as when it really came real for me, I was 14. Um, I still have the piece of paper where I wrote down, like literally like out. And I was like, I want to, and from where I wanted to do in like my life essentially. And I put on my wall and I started just kind of, that was the first really step into like really actually writing my goals down. And I remember writing it down. It's like, I want to play in the NFL, this, 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 and this, and this. And um, I even put, growing up, I wanted to play receiver. And I ended up doing a little bit of open college and then going into kicking and punting, which we'll talk about. But I put, like, and kicking and punting if I have to. Because at the time, I didn't really like it. But it was one of those things, like, I want to go to the NFL. And now looking back, I still have a piece of paper. It's like, it's just cool to see that that was kind of like my vision and then kind of going forward. But yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny how things can evolve like that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So, okay. So you, you kind of had this, it sounds like you had this structure from early on, right. You knew the idea of hard work and discipline and, you know, a structured workout routine and all of these things. Right. So that was just kind of second yeah. nature for you as you grew up. Okay. Very cool. So what happens next, right? So you set these goals as a, as a 14 year old, you continue on, you get a, a little more serious. I'm assuming about, you know, you're playing, um, did you play other sports by the way, or was it always football? Yeah, no, I played pretty much everything. That was my grandfather's thing when we played literally everything. Like that was, I got into like, we played random stuff like badminton. Like I'm never going to play badminton, but he was just like develop the best athlete. Like, and that was his thing, like mm -hmm. become the best athlete. So I did random stuff. I did, I mean, shamelessly, I did like, like dance, like hip hop type oh, dance yeah. because he wanted me to get rhythm, like the weirdest concept of things. And I just did uh, growing up. So like, I just always did these random kind of stuff. Um, but did the main things too, basketball, soccer, football, uh, I did hockey, like I did all of them. Um, and it was fun. I loved them, but yeah, it's kind of how I started. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So take us through that. So um, you go through, I'm assuming like the college recruiting process in high school. That's kind of how you end up at Texas Tech. Take us from that point through to the Yeah, NFL. for sure. Yeah. So in high school, I am going into my senior year. I'm literally 5'10". Obviously I'm white. I'm not fast yet. And I'm about 100, like 145, 150 pounds. And that's not recruitable as a receiver. That's just kind of the facts of that. But I wanted to go play receiver. I knew I could. I was just waiting for my body to grow. I was always kind of like a late bloomer as far as that goes. Um, but I always kicked. Like, that was just my thing because I played soccer and I could do it. And I was naturally just thankfully good at it. And so I held back all my film. I didn't send out to any coaches, like, sophomore, junior year or anything like that. I was waiting for my senior so I could actually start growing. Because so I started, I feel myself starting to grow. I started to gain, I think I graduated, like, 155 exactly. So maybe gain like, five or six pounds, which gaining weight for me was like a huge thing, right? Cause it was yeah. just really hard to do. Um, and then the first school that I had, there was a couple other ones that were like walk-on opportunities and so forth, but I wanted to be able to play both if I did it. And so the first school I went to before tech actually was a D2 school in Southern Arkansas, middle of nowhere, literally had cows on campus. Like it was like total shock coming from Dallas, Texas. And, um, I get there and they're like, hey, well, you know, they recruit, right? So it's just like, yeah, let's play both. We can do everything kind of we want to do and so forth. And so I was like, awesome. We're going to play receiver. I don't, that's really what I want to do. That's my dream. And then I'll kick and punt too because that's what they need. Um, and at the time, I didn't punt at all in high school. I didn't know how to. But when I got to that school, they're like, we're not bringing any other kickers. So you need to learn how to punt. So we're not bringing anybody else in. So you're going to have to do it regardless. So I'm like, well, shoot, like, if, I mean, I'm going to be on film now, like in college, film is your resume, right? So I'm like, right. if I'm going to be on film, I'm going to look awful. Like I have to like figure this out. So that's where kind of my grandfather and me even got even closer to that time period. Cause he punted a little bit and he coached with punters and he's super like sports science guy. Um, he's written a lot of books about sports science and speed and all these different things. Um, so we trained literally every day in the summer from the time I graduated high school to the time I went to college. Um, five days a week I would just hit as many balls we do like slow go like slow pro like film work like it would be like high definition like breaking down the footage of things that's where I really learned to watch film honestly um, from that standpoint which has led to a lot of other things and being detour-oriented, I think too but it was one of the deals where I learned how to punt have basically like two and a half months three months and then I'm basically playing in college on the stage of something I didn't even really do before 
And then when I get to school, I'm glad I did that one because it ended up being the biggest blessing because we sucked and I had to punt a lot. Um, but when I got there, they didn't let me play receiver. It was more of a recruiting tactic um, because they knew that's what I wanted. And so when I got there, they were like, no, we can't because we'll lose you in five different positions. Like we'll be a receiver, kicker, punter, field goals, kickoffs. Like we're going to lose, lose you one, lose all of them. And we don't have anybody else to replace you in the kicking smart thing. So I was like, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. But like, that's a complete lie of what you guys told me. So I got to do drills. I got to do everything else, but I just couldn't play the game. So I was like, what the heck? Like no one's going to know that I actually play. So at that point, my goal was always that going back to that piece of paper I wrote, I want to play at D1 and I want to go to the NFL. Like I even wrote out Division one football. So I was like, hey, D2 was like a stepping stone for me. And I saw that going in, even when I signed my national letter of intent with, at the house with them, my mom was taking pictures, like smile. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm pissed. Like, this is not like what I want to do. <laughs> um, and so it's just like, you're sending the picture. I still, I think my mom has had somewhere like, I had like a little SAU shirt on. I'm signing. I'm like, li I'm literally upset. You can tell um, that I have to go to the school. Right. And uh, like I said, it was one of the biggest blessings, but I was still very upset that I had to yeah. go. Um, and so once I realized that they didn't let, weren't gonna let me play, I obviously committed to that season and was able to play my freshman year there and um, set a couple of different things as far as game records and stuff like that, actually in punting and obviously a couple of other things there. But at the end of the season, I was like, if I'm going to play, I'm not only going to be kicking and punting because if a D2 school tells me this, the only other team that's really going to do is D3 school. And if I want to go D1, which I did, they're not going to let me do that, if, especially if D2 is not going to. So I was like, well, I just got to com completely commit to being only kicker and punter. Um, and so when I made that kind of decision, I was like, okay, if that's the case, then I'm going to go try to find me a D1 school. And so I had a kicking coach at the time that was kind of had some connections and throughout and that transition, it almost even didn't work out to go to any D1 school because of the way it works. So like once I finished my fall season, which is basically my freshman year, because I came in the fall, the summer and then played the fall season and then took the finals and then I was done and had to go into the coach's office and basically say like, hey, I'm leaving and so forth. That was a hard deal because it's like, oh, we'll get you to the NFL. And it's like, this is not where I want to be. But I left there not knowing where I was going. Yeah. So I, I left and I went back and I went to a community college just so I didn't get behind on classes because I knew I wanted to be somewhere for the next season because uh, the off season I was just training on my own and do my thing. And so I left there, went to a, a community college, Colin College, basically back in my hometown so I could train with this guy. And supposedly they had like the basketball team in some other city that was a part and it was like a four-year program, but the school I was at wasn't. It was only basically just kind of, you take your classes essentially, there's no sports at all. But there's an NCAA rule, it's called the 424 rule. And so I went from a four-year to a two-year back to a four-year all within the same year. Yeah. And they basically can be like, we can kind of cut that off and be like, you can't do that. And so when I'm going in to get like this connections with, with tech, they're like, hey, we're not sure if we can bring you in because of this rule, we'll see what we can wow. do. If we do, you're going to have to mandatory redshirt. And I was like, okay, I'll mandatory redshirt, whatever I need to do. It'd be great because I can actually get to grow. I didn't tell them that, but I was like, oh, it's giving me an opportunity just to continue to keep catching up. <laughs> and um, so, like, they let me kind of, so everything works out great. I have to mandatory redshirt. So I go into tech um, as a preferred walk-on because I can't sign on scholarship because of the 424 rule. Um, and it was the only school that really showed like a lot of interest. There's some other schools I looked at, like uh, Oklahoma State and a couple other ones as well. But I was like, man, those are actually the ones that were going to be kind of by the best fit. And they had a senior when I was going to like, come in to be able to play like a sophomore redshirt at that point. He was going to be a senior year. So I was like, okay, I have three kind of three years roughly, split some time with him as senior year if I could do that and then play. Versus, you know, going in and the guy's a sophomore and I just had to beat somebody out. It was a lot better set up as well um, for doing that. And they were kind of about doing that. And I could take over a scholarship at that point in time. So, okay, it's a perfect fit. It's in Texas. Now, Lubbock was a little bit of a shock at first because it's literally out in the middle of nowhere, like yes. desert, essentially. <laughs> um, and like it's two hours plus from any really city. And so it was just like, okay, this is great. Like uh, I was a little like the first probably four or five months. I was like, this is rough, but it was way better than Southern Arkansas. So I was like, okay, I'll be here for sure. Like we're on cows on campus. It's actually a campus yeah. kind of deal. Like it's Southern Arkansas a thousand kids in the school, like total. And so like I went to high school, we had 3000. So like it was going back a little yeah. bit for me. And then 
obviously you're in tech, you're like 40,000 or whatever. So it's like more, I feel like college. Um, so after that, then I realized it was a college campus and college town. I was like, this is awesome. I ended up loving it. Um, so that's kind of got me to tech, if you will. Then ended up splitting time in the senior year and then playing out and thankfully being able to bring a couple of records there and so forth. Um, I guess I'll kind of say this quick story because I'll kind of continue to the NFL, like you said, is, is when I walked into tech and kind of what made, it's just, I guess, because of my personality, I guess, if you will, is when they took a, like, I would say, I thought they took a chance on me because technically at that point in time, everybody kind of was because no one really technically knew who I was at that point in time. And I walked in, I was like, you won't regret the decision of going with me. Even if it was a, just let me have the opportunity. I know I'm going to come in and outwork anybody and get the spot. Like I just, it was, my mind was already made up that I was going to go to the NFL. Like that's what my dream was. So like, where, who do I have to do that through? Is it going to be you or them? Like that was kind of like my approach. Um, And so obviously one of the things that you can do going into place, like, well, what are the records? Like who's, who has their name still here in this position that I'm playing? And what are those things? Because if I put my name on that, obviously I left some type of value that you're going to still record it. So I was like, okay, cool. So like I walked by, I was right next to the gym. I still remember walking my first time visiting the campus. And they had like the kicking and punting records they had all these different things that they had for the camp, like for every basically year that's been there. And so I was like, okay, those are the numbers. And I remember writing them down, looking at them every time I walked in, basically going into the the, not so the gym but the workout facility and it was like okay i have to get on this not only just for you know stats and records that's what it was it was more of like i'm going to prove that they made the right decision and that they'll never regret bringing me here um and so because i'm not i didn't ever want to be that person like oh just give a scholarship thanks for coming and playing like i was like no you're gonna rem- i want you to remember when i'm here like i want to add that much value and so um Thankfully, long story short, I was able to set three different records. One of them actually got beat by the guy that was here now. He got, he beat like, I think like a point something yards, which I was, I got to talk to him. It was a really cool thing. (laughs) Uh, But I still have two of them. And so it was just cool now to be able to look at that and go back and kind of realize that and just say thank you. It was my my, my thing of saying thank you. Like, thank you for giving me an opportunity to shot to let me go there. So here, what can I provide? Um, And then so from there, transition long kind of story I'll try to make it short is my senior year I'm doing really well I'm leading the country and a lot basically everything from kicking and punting stat wise um and because we're doing really well as far as team wise too but as far as everything from there I'm like Ray guy watch this all these different things like I'm all on these lists and so forth and game four I end up basically pulling my hip flexor my senior year so like obviously in sports everybody knows like senior year is like that's the year like you work for that, the draft's coming up, like you have scouts, like at practice, you have all these different things. And so game four, going and playing Iowa State on a kickoff, I basically pulled my hip flexor. And it's, it's pretty bad because I'm, I'm punting and I'm trying to finish the game. And the, the staff's like, hey, like, can you at least finish the game? I'm like, yeah, I'll keep trying. And I'm like, I'll go to my coach. I'm like, the farthest I can punt is like 40 yards. Like, and that's it. Like, that's me giving it. It's getting worse. Um, like fair catch kind of deal and he's like that's all we need we just need for like that's like you know, one I was like getting worse we had like a guy that I know could kick um, and so forth but it was a hard thing to be like in your senior year but I can't like I have to yeah. stop I can't I can't play because I'm one going into the draft it's gonna hurt but mainly it's like I'm just gonna keep getting worse and then I'm not gonna be able to do anything I'm gonna take completely tear it uh, which would take a year to recover plus so um, I had to sit out, end up sitting out basically six games, which sucked because it was like the prime of the games. We were playing OU and like yeah. three in the country. I'm staying on the sideline next to like these scouts that are talking to me like, hey, like when are you going to be healthy? Look at me like draft. Like it was like all of that, like standing next to like my dream. Next to these people, they're going to wow. make it happen, if you will. And I'm sitting there watching somebody else in my position. It was awful. Um, and so I'm like, obviously, you know, training room kind of deal, like every single day trying to get back as fast as I can. Um, end up coming back for the last two games, the last game against Texas, about 80% probably. And then the, the last game of the season against LSU in the bowl game, end up setting a record in that game um, that we still have, thankfully. And so I was like, okay, I'm back. Like I hopefully approved to all of everybody, including the coaches and NFL and scouts that I'm healthy. And so that was a huge journey in itself. And when I graduated pro day went really well at this point in time, I'm in my mind, I'm super pissed because I'm like, 
195, running a 4-4, like verticals at 38. Like, I'm like, this would be perfect prototype for a receiver. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, yeah. what was I, just, where was this a long time ago? But it helped just because it helped me become a better athlete. Going back to the whole point of my grandfather, like, it helped me become an even better punter, become one of the most athletic punters in the country at the time, too. So it helped a lot from all the little things that yeah. I did, uh, which was a separating factor from a lot of people, from coaches-wise. So I go into the draft, um, end up going with two different teams, one of them being um, like mini camps. We have had Philadelphia Eagles and the Vikings. And the draft day was all kind of – I just brushed over it, but basically it, was, it sucked because every coach that I had and like my agent was talking to them and stuff like that, we're just like not sure if you're healthy like that's what they were saying yeah. and like we want to see you come in and perform i know you came back and set a record in the last game but you know it could be like one-off type thing i'm like okay fly me in i'll show you like i'm fine um and so the first two teams go in the first team i go in they're like hey like if you come in and we have another guy we want to have you look at competing against if you beat him out we're gonna have opportunity well i beat him out and they don't give him the opportunity and the other team i go into which is the eagles they were the timing was around. I was like, hey, like, cool, like, we we like what you're doing, but we still have this guy on contract and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, well, then what am I supposed to do? Like, so I ended up having to stay back and train for a year at home, which was literally the worst ever. Like, before I left college, like, I'm never coming back. I'm never working a random job, and I'm I'm gonna be like moving on from this place, not doing chores or whatever in the house, right? So, end up doing all three of those, and which is was miserable, yeah. but that was just the season and time. And then after that year, I didn't really take the full year. I kind of went out a couple of different things throughout the year with different teams I trained with because some guys would go down like, Hey, can we fly you in and so forth. Uh, but then the next year I go with the Vikings and then that kind of trickled into every kind of everything else. But yeah. Well, and there's so much to unpack there. Right. And what I keep hearing is it's like, you know, you had this path planned, right. And you had a goal, you had an objective at some point and, somewhere along the way, your path curved, right? Or it veered. And instead mm. of, you know, you forcing your way through what you had planned before, you were able to let go of that and still continue to work super hard, stay disciplined and drive through it and say, okay, you know, this is now my window and my opportunity, which, you know, I think in hindsight, right. And when you explain the story, it seems logical and it seems easy to do right but i'm sure in those moments it had to be the hardest thing in the world like you even said coming back home and having to take a year you know seemingly back right but a lot of times it's just god's plan and how it works out for us and of course we can't see right. the end of it right but to be able to push through those lulls i'm sure has been tremendous for you now in the in the online space and in the business world right so can you talk a little bit about you know, the mindset that you had developing that, how that's helped you in business. But I also look at it like I think, and this is from an outsider, right? I've never played football, but other than like flag football, but I look at the kicking position as probably one of the toughest, right? Like I go back and I'm a UCF alum, right? So I go back to like some of our UCF games that were, you know, we should have won on a kick. And I just put myself in, in, you know, the kicker's shoes of like the pressure. You got one shot a lot of times in that game, you know? So can you just talk a little bit about the mindset and how that's helped you into what you're doing now? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it's one of the things I didn't really think about as much just because it was one of the things that you, like growing up, I was playing receiver. So I, I, my mind was preoccupied. And then when I go out to kick, it's like, okay, hey, like I'm, breathe kick like that was it but then when that's your only thing it's a little bit different because it's like you have you're sitting on the sideline for like eight plays you're getting the game you have now right so it's like you're this is it's all a mindset deal now yeah um, which was a great learning lesson for like i mean business life in general it, it kind of was like a sped up course of understanding my mind and their emotions and feelings and keep everything calm cool and collected because you kind of almost have to become like a golfer if you will like the mindset you can't have a golfer just running around super like they just have to be smooth, concise, like it's, it's that kind of approach. Um, so yeah, it was the mindset itself was something that transitioned into business that literally benefited me completely just because when I go into business deals and things like that, I can keep, especially things that aren't going right or even managing a team and things like that. It allows me to keep a cool level head, which allows me to be a lot more thoughtful and think and like think through things rather than just let my emotions take over. Um, now I definitely am like everybody else, an emotional person. So it's just like, there's things that I have to utilize and use for my advantage, 
because at the end of the day, that's kind of what the goal is, whether I have to have to get emotional in a meeting, right? You have to do that as well. So being able to call upon it in any point in time is what basically benefited me a ton. Um, and so as far as the business kind of transition of the things I learned, and that was one of the biggest things that even now, kind of like as I coach with a lot of guys, like what I focus on is guys that are transitioning out of sports into life. They're not necessarily business, but let's say business, because most of it is business in some form or fashion you're working for one of your own. And so the transition out was huge, was the biggest probably mindset deal that I had to go through, not only from like managing things from emotions, which that definitely did help having that background, but it was more of like, you work 25 years, 26 years, 27, however long you play and, or, you know, 22, if you don't make it to the NFL, like you work for 22 years for this dream or this goal. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, like you gotta do something else. And that's just like an, it's not only like an identity shock, if, if you're really attached to it, which if you're really good at what you do, usually you have some type of connection to the identity piece of it because it's, we never under deliver or we never like go under our identity because it's so strong. It's like, you know, I am this type of person. Like, you know, if like, if I don't smoke, it's like, I'm not a smoker. Like, so then nothing is going to tempt me around smoking. Right. So it's just like, same thing. I'm an athlete. Like you have that thing where you're like, this is what I do. Um, and so like when someone's like, you can't do that anymore. You're like, well, then what am I supposed to do? Yeah. How do I like, it, yeah. and the connection naturally starts where it's like, oh, like, well, how do I, we forget like all the skills that we learn and the things that we just naturally developed because we had to, and it wasn't like we were trying, it was just like the moment required you to have them. Um, and so we, we don't recognize them as skills. We don't recognize them as things that are benefits. And so that's literally what I kind of go through a lot of guys is like understanding, obviously walking through like the identity piece and understanding like where things are in their mindset and how to take where, what they've done and what the skills have developed into what they do next. Because that's usually not only from, I mean, you could do it. I've done it with people that aren't even athletes because it's the idea of like, someone's been telling you what to do yeah. from the time you're really young. And then you get to college and you graduate and it's just like, all right, you can do whatever you'd like to do. Yeah. Like, so what do you mean? Like, it's just, it's a weird like place because you're like, oh, figure it out. It's the real world. And like, well, last year you told me I was in, you know, my junior year, you told me how to go my senior year. And we do the same thing all throughout life. And then now I'm in senior year and like, you can kind of do anything you want, you know, have fun. You're like, what? Like, what right. am I supposed to do? You don't, you don't trust really your decision-making because you really haven't had to make any life altering decisions, if you will, that right. wasn't like comforted by school or sports or something like that. And so now it's like, well, I don't want to mess it up. Like, what am I supposed to do? So we sometimes step into the safe path or we step into something that's comfortable or familiar, even though it's not something we really want to do. Like we have all these different things just to kind of cope with where we are. Um, and then also limits our mindset thinking, and it's hard, especially as an athlete, if you're really competitive to step into a place that's really not competitive where you can't be, you're like, I feel stuck. Like I was not a behind a desk person, so to speak, um, for a long period of time where I didn't talk to anybody. Like I just couldn't do it. Right. But a lot of us do that because like, well, you're going to pay me $70,000. I'll take it. Like I need money. And then, but just sit there, like, I'm literally bored out of my mind and you're not utilizing all the skills you have. But yet over time, what happens is you think like. I'm just not smart. You go back to this whole thing, like, of, you know, what, what people say about athletes. I'm not smart. I don't know how to transition. Like, that was my one shot. And then you hear people just talking about what they did instead of what they're doing. And it's an easy sign. Like, so I was like, oh, I used to do da, 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 da. like, well, what are you doing right now? And so, like, because it's, it's the approach of things. You didn't talk about it when you're playing sports. Like, oh, yeah, in high school, I was, if you're a really good athlete in college, you don't talk about high school. You talk about what you're doing right now. Yeah. Right. It's one of those yeah. deals, but the same thing goes in life too, after sports or whatever. It's kind of what you're doing now. That's kind of where you kind of find, I wouldn't say who you are, but where you're kind of going to. Um, and so like, that was the thing that was really hard for me. My first year when I was done transitioning, think better, smooth transition, but it was still this mindset deal that I had to approach of like, what is possible? Like, what can I do? Like my mindset has solely been focused around this one thing. I didn't even look anywhere else which was a benefit and a blessing because it's probably got me where i was and got me to where i was but now it's like you can't focus on that anymore like all my learning has been like i learned this to how do i apply it to sports how do i apply it to what i'm doing now i'm having to learn to like all these things i'm learning i'm going to apply to something completely different that i don't necessarily understand fully yet either and so just like the only way we learn is we connect things that we know with things that we also are trying to like connect and learn 
But if I don't know what I'm learning, then I'm like, what am I supposed to connect? Like I have all this information, but how am I supposed to use it? But then when we unlock like how you're supposed to use it and you realize like, oh, like I actually am way ahead of everybody else I'm graduating with or way ahead of everybody else that's been in business for a couple of years because I've been actually working these skills, then I should go in there confidently, which we all know confidence is massive in anything you do because if you believe in yourself, that's a huge separator from the start. Um, and so it's just kind of one of those things, like it's a mind, it's really a mindset deal, but there's some practical things and strategical things that you can do that has one, I had to, unfortunately, I wouldn't say fortunately, but unfortunately as well, I had to learn somewhat myself. Think I had some people in my life that helped kind of facilitate that quickly. But yeah, it was just a ton of studying and learning because I was just curious. I was always that guy that, and the kid, honestly, growing up, maybe it's from my grandfather or whatnot, was always asked the question of why. Like, it got me in trouble a lot, honestly. Like, um, <laughs> and so, like, with my parents and stuff, like, I'd be, my parents would be like, hey, like, take out the, you know, do the dishes, take out the trash. I'm like, why? Like, and it wasn't, like, in a, na- in a mean way. It was more like, because I, I said this one time, <laughs> I wish I wouldn't have, but it was like, why? Cause you, cause you don't want to do it. And it's easier than if I do it for you. And it was just like one of those moments, like you don't say to your parents, but You're right. and the logic of it is like, well, as a parent, you're probably like, am I doing that? You know what I mean? It's, it was like a legitimate <laughs> question. Yeah. Cause I'm like, if you can, if someone can explain why I was like, if you mom, if you can explain why I'm supposed to do this, I will do it with a smile on my face. I just want to understand like, what's the point? Like, is it, helping me is it training me to be disciplined like give me the reason right and that's all, that's all I wanted yeah. and so um throughout life and then once I got to this point in time in my life when I was trying to figure out like why am I thinking this way why am I doing this I was like what's the reason how do I get it like and then I realized like a lot of people were struggling with it outside of after I kind of went through it on my own because you think you're I don't care if you're an athlete or anybody like we all think our problems are our problems and no one else has the same ones yeah and ours is worse than everybody else's like we're just like no you don't understand like my life sucks and like (laughs) you know what I mean and we think it's so different but yet we're very similar um and so we think we have to go through a journey on our our own or by ourselves and then no one else can help us and all this kind of stuff and the reality is it's not necessarily true it may be different but the elements of that situation are very streamlined and the same um it just may be a different face to it the emotions the feelings are the same and so when we kind of walk through it with when i walk through with people it's just like oh like yeah no like exactly that's exactly what i mean like and that's how what's exactly what i'm going through and so it's cool for me to be able to go to look back now and be able to help because it's it's fun because i know like the freeing space it gave me and then to see like a light bulb or freeing go off of somebody else and that's what I do. I love doing it just in business in general. It's just the aspect of helping, honestly, and then sharing what I've learned because I spent time reading a ton of books. Like, I don't know how many hundred books. I don't know how many I've read just because I was like, just curious and videos and YouTubes and stuff I've watched just yeah. to, like understand like, why do we think that way? Like, what's the mindset behind that? Like, what's the reason? Where is that connected to? Like, what belief system? What happened when I was a kid? And I think that like, there's just always different things that kind of happen that we have to like almost take time and realize like, oh, I'm this way because of blank. And instead of realizing and taking it to approach of like, I'm just not, you know, and then be filling the blank. Um, instead of like, I'm just not, it's like, why am I this way? And so once you understand the reason, we can kind of even facilitate, because sometimes it's not even our fault. It's the life just happened, right? Life actually just whether a situation happens to you in life and it just, it just a mistake you made, we're all kids growing up and then, but it can affect us beyond that moment if we don't realize it. And so, but once we can like pinpoint like, oh, like that's when things change. Like that's where that's coming from. We realize like, oh, like I just made a mistake. Why don't I have to keep living that same mistake over and over and over and over again? I don't. But if I don't know what that mistake is, we generalize everything because that's the way our mind works to make sure things work, we generalize it and we say, well, just, it's just me. I'm just different. I just can't, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not worthy of doing it. Maybe I'm just not good at doing it. Maybe I can't, but we realize like, where's that limiting belief coming from? It may have been coming back when someone said something or maybe coming back in a situation where, you know, it led to a piece where you made you think that way. And then it was reaffirmed a little bit. And then we are what we would believe, whether it's true or not, it could be a complete lie. But if, I mean, Perfect example. 
I mean, it's just guys too, but women as well. Like, I'm not beautiful. I'm like, you're gorgeous, but you believe you're not. And so it's, you live by your own belief. And so it's, it's, it's the idea of like, we only are what we believe we are. Right. And, and when we believe we're something different, this whole world opens up as long as, and we also know when we're lying to ourselves, but the reality is sometimes we lie to ourselves so much that we formed a belief around it, that it actually is a lie, but we think it's the truth. And so that's when you have to obviously surround yourself with an environment. So critical to reaffirm what's true because you've literally dug so deep that you just think it's who you are. In reality, it's no, it's just someone told you that. And you tell you held on to it because it reaffirms some things. So, I mean, just a lot of different things I learned, I guess. Kind of a little yeah. ranted there, but yeah. <laughs> no, and there, there's so much, again, to unpack there, right? And I think the the strategy in that, right? For anybody that's going through um, whatever it is, right? A, a block in their business or, you know, a block in life, whatever it is. I think it goes back to exactly what you said. There is something, there's a belief, there's an identity, right? Because our actions are stemming from our identity. And so the the strategy there is, get curious, right? Just get curious. I think that's where it starts, right? We have to be curious about why do I feel this way? Why do I think this way? Why am I hitting this roadblock? Because most of the time, you know, business problems are just internal problems or mindset problems, right? Or identity problems. Um, And so, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy because most people go straight to like, where's the system? Where's the money? Like, and we forget like who generates the money? I do. So like, if I fix me, I can make more money. Right. And so it's right. just, it's a fascinating thing. We, we go to like the, it's like how doc, I mean, I'd say all doctors, but like, it's how we go when we go to doctors, so they treat a symptom, not the root or the problem. Mm-hmm. It's like, go to the root. Who's the root? Me or my team or like whatever, instead of the symptoms. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so true. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's because we don't have that awareness and that, bl- you know, it's a blind spot. And so we don't even think yeah. to look there. Right. It's just kind of, and you said something else that's really vital there environment. Right. And when we go mm-hmm. through these identity shifts, a lot of times our external environment is holding us back in that identity. And it's, it's us, right? Like, you know, we can sit there and say, well, it's, you know, the people I'm surrounded by and the people that I've got in my town or whatever. But at the same time, you have beliefs that are rooted and that are triggered by your environment that you're used to. Right. So if you're trying to make a change or get out of that spot and you're still in the same environment, there are triggers that are going to bring you back into, like you said, comfortable ways. Right. And what's known. And so I think one of the hardest things, but one of the best things to do is make some kind of change in your external environment. I think it's one of the fastest ways, you know, to drive that growth. But yeah, lots of lots of good stuff there. Look within first. You know, if you're coming up on, a, on an external problem, right, just get curious about why that is and, and get help, right? Like get, and, and help can be just talking to a friend, but getting an outside perspective, really. Um, so let's, let's jump into that side here. What, so at what point did you realize, wait a minute, I can actually take this and create a business. Like how did the coaching business come to be? Yeah, um, honestly, it was one of the same kind of same thing with football too. Like I just kind of fell into it. I don't know. And I was really just, it was how it came was a conversation um, with some other guys that were, there were players, um, guys that I grew up with that played. And we just, you know, I'm a very deep person. I'm not a very surface level. I don't like surface level talking. I just, it's a waste of time sometimes to me. It just doesn't seem like it's worth it. Like, hey, how are you doing? The weather's great. Like, awesome. Like, how are you doing? Like, that's what I want to know. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, it's so like when I have conversations with guys like that. And we were talking and he was saying a lot of the same things like, bro, I completely understand what you're talking about. And they're just guy after guy after guy I was meeting with just, just as friends, not like a meeting or business or anything. And I was like, man, like, what if, what if we like, and I asked one of the guys, like, what if I like went through and like kind of walked through, I was like, bro, it would help so many people. And I was like, you think so? Like, cause we think, like I said, we don't think that it's actually, we think it's just us. We don't think there's other people out there struggling with the same thing we are. And so that's what I thought. I was like, you know, maybe maybe I was just the one. It was really hard for me to figure it out and that. But it was like, no, like, dude, this was this helped me so much. Just you talking about what you did. And he was like, I'd pay for that. And I'm like, really? Like, for real? Like, I thought it was just advice. Like, I just give to anybody. And that kind of like got me thinking about like maybe I could create something. Maybe I could step into something. Maybe I could like just even because the thing is, we all. My thought was like, I just want to be. I didn't want it to become like a business. I wanted it to become like, I just really want to help you. But then the, the more I was in business, I started to realize like people pay, when people pay, they pay attention. Right. Right. And so when I was just giving to them for free, they would take it, but not apply. 
And so I was like, dude, remember when we talked about last time? I was like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I was like, if you would have paid me 1500 bucks, there's no way you wouldn't apply that. Cause you're like, if I don't pay, I don't get something out of this. I just literally wasted this. Right. So it's like, oh, okay. Like, so then I started to realize like, I have to, as much as it sucks and I don't want to, like, I would not want to charge anybody. It actually benefits them to do so. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell people when I talk to them, like, trust me, like it's well worth, it has to be enough to where you're like, uh, I don't know. Like, I'm like, perfect. That's the right amount. Because then now it's enough for you to change, right? Because if the amount isn't high enough sometimes, or if the change isn't strong enough, sometimes we won't change because we'll stay comfortable. We're naturally comfortable beings. We want to stay where we are. And so if there's nothing to pull us out of that, that's strong enough then we won't, it's just the facts. So if there's something, and this is only the willingness to start and take the first step is really all they need. Because after that, it's like running or walking. Like you take the first one, the next one has to follow. Otherwise you're going to stand still, right? And you can only stand still for so long. So it's just one of those deals where just take the first one, leave the second one, and just continue to keep going on. But really it comes down to, okay, like I just got to start. And so when I, when I first kind of started into it, that's kind of how I took the approach. Like, I don't know necessarily what it's going to look like, but I know like I can help people in a lot of different things and I don't know where I need to start helping. And I kind of refined that over time because there was a lot of things I learned. Like I learned about business, I learned about life, I learned about myself. I'm like, this the way I thought about myself and things that I thought about about is that the same as what they think about that, that there's those things like kind of then I started to realize there's a lot of parallels that were some different but they were all kind of overlapping in some regard it's like okay like this is how I can help like we gotta deal with this we gotta deal with this we gotta deal with that and that kind of allowed me to kind of build that out to where now and I'll talk to people it's like dude like that was I appreciate that like the power of like understanding the blueprint and on the life and I was like yeah, it's a game changer for me. Like, I'm glad it's a game changer for you and so forth. And it's cool for me too, because I get to see, it's the whole reason of why, like that, that curious kid. And so when I'm seeing like them talk, I'm seeing like what they're going through and then they start like answering some of the questions. I'm like, I'm trying to connect the dots before they do, which is the fun game because I want obviously to see them like, like, oh my gosh, like this came from this or like, this is why I do this. Um, and then I'm very, like, that's really fun. And I also love like the systemized things of like, like I said, live by calendar. Like, okay, how do we apply all this then? Like, how do we set this up to make sure it's a routine so you don't like step back into your own pattern? Because everything's a pattern, but we have to recognize it's a pattern and change the pattern and set a new one up to where we can follow it easy enough, right? And there's some good books along the lines of that that kind of talk about it. But it's, um, that's kind of how I started, honestly, I just, really one step after another and it's kind of built into it. And I'm still continuing to build that out um, and what that looks like and kind of seeing who and what I eventually would love to get into like universities to where it's like a program to where all seniors kind of go through it, whether they go to the NFL or not, because ultimately they're going to come to that point or that realization um, at some point and they're not going to know what to do if they're not equipped with it. And we have like programs in school and stuff, but it's not, it's not deep enough, you know, yeah. it's, it's more of like, you know, you got to look at what you're going to do and it's all geared for like getting them a job and it's jobs are great and you got to have something to work. But like, if you don't understand who's doing the job, it doesn't matter because the job's never even fulfilling. And so like, you got to understand you first, but most of us never spend time with ourselves. We've got too much going on. We don't take a moment. We've got, even now it makes it worse for next generation. We got our phones in front of us all the time. Right. And we don't really get a break. Like, and that's why like even like cyberbullying is a huge thing. It's like before when you grew up, you're like, you leave school, you're good, like safe. Now you got your phone, someone's hitting you up, like, hey, do you know what Johnny said about you? Like, you don't ever get a chance to take a break. And so we almost have to put that in our quote unquote schedule if you need it. Like, I'm just gonna take a break for myself. Like, I just need to think through something. Because if you really think about it, like and really study it, and that's what I've done, it's like realizing all these great minds. Elon Musk, the Bill Gates, the any CEO, they get paid to think. Right. They do. So if they're the people that we're trying to imitate, we're trying to become, and they're thinking and all the systemized stuff is being done by somebody else, why are we not trying to emulate that? Right? Why are we not trying to like actually dig deep and understand and how things operate from a thinking standpoint? Rather than run, 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 look up, right. run, 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 like, yeah, there's going to be running your head down, but if we don't take time to look up and think, we're, we're, we, may be, we may be climbing the wrong ladder. 
we may be climbing the wrong tree. Like we may be doing the wrong thing at such a good pace. But if we would just sit up and think and realize that, oh, that's what I want. We don't waste all this time. And we feel a lot better about what we're doing too, which helps. So yeah, long, like I said, long answer for that. But basically I got into it just by literally just kind of starting and seeing the need for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, with that, I think one, you know, that process is probably one that's going to be continued to be refined, right? Because whenever you're working with people and, you know, yeah. finding what works for some and what, what doesn't work for others, you know, I think that's an ongoing process, um, which is, you know, the benefit overall of hiring a coach, right? They, they can pull in all these data points from all these different people and see what works and what doesn't. So I love that. Yeah. Um, and one so thing cool. too, I'll say this, say this real quick as far as that, because it was a, a mindset shift that I had to get. And it's not because I'm a coach. Like it was just a thought process of like the way I thought. But we realized, especially for athletes, we have coaches growing up our entire life. Mm-hmm. But yet when we get done, we don't get any more coaches. And it doesn't make, if we think about it like that, we're like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. But we don't, none of us do. We go to a job and we just go to work. Nothing. No, we don't ever go anything outside the same way we did our entire life that got us to where we were. And so we have to realize like, oh, because you start to look at all the successful people in the world, they all have coaches. Most of them have multiple. Absolutely. Right. And different areas of the life. At every level. Right. Exactly. And so now the the, the almost hack is like, Surround myself, obviously, in a great environment. But two, give me someone that keeps me accountable as a coach that's even beyond me or whatever, even the same place, just somebody to continue that process. Because if you're an athlete, you had coaches your whole life growing up and you love kind of life where you got, why would you not imitate the same approach of like, find someone that's going to help me? Like, that's what we need to do. Because at the end of the day, that's what everybody's, that's the way the world kind of goes around. That's the way business goes around. Yeah. You help one person that funds that, they fund this and it. That's how economy works, right? It's yeah. just, but we think like, oh, give, take. It's all about money. It's all about, no, 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 no. Like it's, it's all value. Like how can you help me get to where I'm going? That will help me get, that will help me help them get to where they're going. And it's all just this give, like generosity circle that the giving never stops. And it's the whole thing of like, don't let the giving stop with you, right? It's just this idea of like, that's how it works. As soon as you stop giving, you stop getting in this aspect. Not that we give to get, but it's the idea of like, if you're not showing up, then you're not going to be on this kind of train of like things are just flowing, flowing, flowing. And it's the idea that uh, I think it, I think it was T.D. Jakes. I can't remember who it was, um, but he was talking about like money is basically a flow. It's a currency, right. right? So it's a current. The only way money works is if it's moving. If it stops, it doesn't work. So but we do that a lot of times. And you look at the most successful people, most of them have invested in a ton of things or they have businesses and it means their money's flow. Like they don't really keep much of it. They right. move it. Right. And because that's the way it works, instead of storing it and trying to hold on, it's the same thing. Like we should be, because we're the most like prized, um, I, would say, I would say gift, but we're the most prized like business. We're the most prized and we're the biggest thing in our world, right? We're the most important thing. And if we're not, if we don't understand that and we take money as the most important thing, then we stop giving to the thing that actually is providing the life to the money, if, if, if you will. And so now it's like, we have to keep that flowing though. It feels scary because most of us didn't grow up with it. Like we have to give it away. It's like, oh, I'm losing, I'm sacrificing. But yeah. the reality is, is like, that's the, that's the mindset shift of a money mindset. It's like money has to flow in order for it to come back. If it's not flowing, it's not coming back. It's, that's all I get right here. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so it's, it's that, that thought process that changes the way we think about money, which I had to completely change too. It's a scarcity mindset versus an abundant mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It's that kind of approach of like, oh, this is all I got. Like, I got to hold tight because if I can save enough, I'm good. Like, yeah, you want to have money saved, but if you never invest in anything, nothing's ever going to grow. It's like relationships, right. And any types, intimate, personal, it's like a bank account. That's how I like to explain it. Like if you don't put enough deposits in, don't ever expect to take out a withdrawal because yeah. you're going to be overdrawn and they're going to be saying no. But if you gave so much and you deposited so much in that relationship and you asked for something, it's like how much you need. Like that's the, and that's what you want, right? It's like, that's where the giving comes. In. It's like, I'm just going to give so much value. This literally hit me. What was it? Two days ago, three days ago. Um, I forget who said it now, but it changed the way I operate in business and life. It's like, if you want to make a million dollars, you need to give at least 10 to 20 times that. And I was like, okay, like, makes sense. I've heard before, you know, 10X rule, Grant Cardone and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, 
but I thought about the approach of like, because if, if you give $10 million in value, let's say, and I want to make a million dollars a year. If I gave someone $10 million in value, I guarantee they'll give me a million. There's no, I would do it right now. Like it, it's for hundred percent. It's the easiest exchange ever. Right. right. It's like, I'll give you $10 and you give me one. And you're like, oh yeah, for sure. Like I'll do it for, <laughs> without yeah, a question. And so the thought process of like, okay, I'm just going to focus on giving the 10 instead of getting the one. Right. And so if I give the 10, I give enough value, $10 million in value, that 1 million will find its way back to me. I don't know how, but there's no way it's not going to. And so now it's just like, okay, like that's how I have to approach just life and business as well. If I give more value than any other business, everybody's going to do business with me. That's what Amazon did, right? They gave so much value. They put literally everything on there, make it so easy. Why would you not use it? You know, it's just one of those things that it's, it's so easy that it becomes almost everything else becomes obsolete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. And I love that concept of, you know, where you shift your focus, right? So instead of shifting on, mm-hmm. let me get, 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 and this is my goal. Let me get that versus how can I give and how can I give value? I love that. Cool. So Taylor, as we wrap up last question for you here, before we jump into our rapid fire. So if you, um, if you lost everything today and you had to start your business completely over, what would you do in the first 30 days to rebuild that coaching business? First thing, if I didn't have a coach, I'd get one. And I'd probably, if I didn't have one that'd been through something, I'd find one that did because then I would obviously rationalize that, oh, you don't understand what I'm going through. But if I found someone that lost everything and did it again, I'm like, I don't have an excuse anymore. Yeah. So like I, I would find myself and surround myself so I don't have an excuse, um, and it, which would basically give me permission to do it. And because in those moments we lose everything, we obviously, we usually go internally and be like, oh, man, like my life. And we go that route, that it's a spiral effect. But if we look at somebody else, it's literally how I think about even from this, the physical realm of things, it's like, if I walk into a gym and there's a person there that's working out and they have no legs, but yet they're going in there and they're working out and they're rolling with their wheelchair. I'm like, seriously, I can't work out. I'm like, what in the world? Like, there's no excuse for me not to show up every single day. It's that same kind of approach. Obviously it's an easy visual for us to see because yeah. like, oh, obviously. But that's the same approach when if you lose everything in business and you go into it and you're like, well, I'm the only one. And, but you see another person, it's like, dude, I've lost it three times. I lost this, 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 and I'm still back. Like, crap, I can't make that excuse. You had it worse than I did even almost, or you had the exact same thing and you got out. So that would probably jumpstart me in the first 30 days, as well as not make me feel sorry for myself because that's where we always go first. Yeah, so true. So true. Great advice. Get a coach. I love that. So I usually wrap up with rapid fire and, you know, like three words, max answer, fill in the blanks. So you ready? Three words, max. That's going to be tough. Okay. <laughs> to be successful in entrepreneurship, you need to. Get a coach. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice. One thing to watch out for is. Bad environment. Mm. And when you feel stuck, remember to. Love yourself. There you go. Well, Taylor, this has been awesome. If people want to learn more about you or maybe they want to um, have a conversation with you, maybe they resonated with some of the things you were saying today. They want some help. They're in a spot where they're looking for a coach. Where can they go to connect with you to learn more about you? Yeah, you can go to any social media platform, whether it be Facebook, obviously type the name in or Instagram, which is at T-S-Y-M-M. Um, that's probably the easiest way. I like to have a hands-on approach with everybody. It's actually me. It's not any bots or anybody else. Um, so I like to communicate and have a relationship. So that's probably the easiest way to find it. Awesome. Well, there you go. Go and check it out. Go connect with Taylor on Facebook and Instagram. Tons of value here. Thank you again, Taylor. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for having me.